Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Stateside Soccer Podcast, episode 191. Thank you so much for the support on the latest uh, episode where we recapped match week four of the Premier League. We are, of course, into international break. Some Euro qualifiers started yesterday. Uh, some interesting games, some high score lines, but that is not what we are here to discuss today. Joined by Scott, we are here to discuss the Premier League four, uh, four match weeks in. We're going to go down the line, most impressive, least impressive, biggest surprise, can be good or bad, player, in parentheses, S to watch, players to watch, and most interesting storylines slash biggest storylines, and I think I have a couple in there that uh, could turn some heads. But Scott, we welcome you in. How you doing? And uh, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Have a nice. Have a nice. Hit an international break, but I'll talk through it. We'll be good. Oh, Poet and Vuz, they're the greatest. Are they the greatest? Um, I don't know about the greatest of all time, but certainly where they're at right now, they are absolutely my favorite um, soccer, football, culture channel to tune into. Yeah, it's either, uh, for me, it's Poet and Vuz or Soccer AM. I like Soccer AM just because, well, it's completely different. Poet and Vuz talk, Soccer AM is... Like right. it's like football challenges, most mostly. So like, it, you you can get a little yeah, bit like of both. And teammates and stuff like, and even the Jimmy Bullard stuff like that's all funny. But like, Poet and Boots don't get to do that stuff. So right. they're they're just they're different different classes, different resources. But by far, totally agree. Right. The two best out there for sure. We're pretty good though, just not the same. <laughs> yeah, we're also not on YouTube doing video podcasts. That's Thank true. God, no one needs to see my face. Me too. Uh, let's start down. Let's, um, let's go, we'll leave interesting storylines for last, just in case there, we, there's a bit of a discussion for that. Uh, we'll go with most impressive so far, and Scott, I will go ahead and start out with, I have two teams that I have, um, been impressed with so far, and that is Sheffield United being in 10th place in the Premier League, um, and... Just the results they've picked up. I mean, five points from four games is not the greatest, but uh, obviously they were one of the teams that I thought would get relegated. And again, we're only four match weeks in, but they've shown some promise. And uh, getting a draw at Stanford, not at, was it at Stanford Bridge or no? I believe it was not. Okay, but still, getting a I draw. I believe it was at Bramall Lane. I a, can't remember, though. It could have been. Regardless of home or away, getting a draw against Chelsea. Um, you know, there's a lot of storylines around them, but... Uh, getting a draw against uh, Frank Lampard and uh, a top English side, very impressive. Uh, and then the other side that I have been really impressed with is Leicester, losing arguably your biggest player in Harry Maguire, being able to step up and uh, still hold the back line relatively well and add in, you know, IOZ Perez and really get Hamza Chowdhury and, you know, getting uh, a, another season underway with James Madison and uh, and Harvey Barnes and Yori Tielman's under the belt. Really, really young attacking side. Really impressed with them so far, sitting third place. Um, so, yeah, th- that's my most impressive teams. I like that. I really do. I mean, I think that uh, Leicester's kind of an underrated shout, too, just because they haven't come off on a flyer. But, obviously, recency bias aside, they've still been very good. So, I like that. That's good. I just um, thought, sorry, I just thought picking City or Liverpool would just be too easy. Like, obviously, Liverpool unbeaten from four games, but you almost kind of expected that. To a degree, yeah. I mean, I still think Liverpool are in that conversation, without a doubt. Um, 
I think if I had to pick one, though, honestly, results aside, it's Norwich. I, mean, I don't think that there is another team, especially uh, a promoted team, that has come in and been this gung-ho about their attacking style without having a lot of the beef to back anything up in the midfield or in defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that they've, they've been hard done by. I mean, the Liverpool game, they were always going to lose that one. They did really, really well against Chelsea. But, I mean, just to see the Norwich fans down 4-0 at Anfield, Timo Pukki scores that one, and they just go nuts. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely lose their minds. I just, I'm encouraged by Norwich. I'm really rooting for Norwich. And I think, like I said, I think that they've had a really good start to this Premier League campaign. Um, Biggest other surprise that's good? I don't know if I have one, honestly. Villa, I want to throw Villa in there. I want to throw Everton in there, but not enough to see yet. Man United, I would have said after week one, but we always knew that they were going to have a different form. Chelsea the same way. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Liverpool, Manchester City being the the best two teams definitively once again. Mm -hmm. And then uh, just looking at Norwich, I'd say those are are my uh, little bundle. Okay, I like that. Um, You know, I like the Norwich shout a lot. I just, you know, you and I both know this. They need to get points. But it's, it's good that they're not sitting back. They're being so on the front. For uh, in regards to their attack, um, guns blazing, regardless of what they have in the midfield and defense. So you know, I like that a lot, like you said. But they do need to get some points because they are sitting in nineteenth. Um, but they haven't come up against the easiest opponents. Obviously, having Liverpool and Chelsea um, does not do you super well. But uh, like you said, they did do well against Chelsea. I will let you lead off, Scott, since I let off the first time with least impressive so far. Yeah, I think for me it's important to frame my answer just in terms of expectation. Um, Obviously, the likes of Manchester United and Chelsea are seen as like they should be Champions League contenders. They should be coming out at people and going for throats. Both of them have plenty of adjustments to make, and I think that they are all like pretty – pretty understanding of all that i think i would say i'm i'm intrigued by sort of the balance that a lot of these teams are going to have to strike when they come through and sort of figure out who they want to be and what they want to look like but honestly i think my biggest disappointment right now is villa and i know that's really harsh to say given that they are a promoted side but they've spent a lot of money they are a team that's impressive but clearly they've got they've gotten three points out of the, the season so far, three points out of four games with three losses. So I'm not like super high on them right now where I wanted to be. The only reason I'm not throwing in Newcastle as least impressive is because I had zero expectations for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it that would be I think that's an easy pick to make. Villa? No, Newcastle. That would be an easy... Yeah, yeah, they're just—they're not where I wanted them to be. And honestly, Wolves aren't where I want them to be either. But the reason I'm not saying Wolves is because I feel like they're going to eventually find their footing. I agree to some degree, if that makes sense. I So you said, you're saying Villa is yours? Yeah, I'm going to use Villa. Okay, I have three teams, interestingly enough. Be disappointed in Everton if you're perpetually disappointed in Everton. <laughs> 
it's a continuous cycle. Uh, I will go, uh, again, I have three teams. I will start out with Wolverhampton, um, but it's a, it's kind of like a, it's like an option. I really have two, but they're just kind of, I'm throwing them in there because they do have, um, you know, Europa League, they have been playing in that. They've, I think they played six games for qualification and won all of them incredibly well, surprisingly. Um, but they are in 17th. And that's not – they they were unlucky against Everton. Everton did play well uh, in their match against Wolves. But three points from a side, Scott, that we saw so much promise from last season. They finished in seventh. Uh, I think that attacking partnership of, of Jota and Jimenez needs to be rekindled because they brought in Cutrone. And I think that uh, – Nunez is kind of is kind of toying with it, but I I, do, I just don't think they have found their feet yet. Um, and three points from four games again is a little bit disappointing for me um, to see them. My other team is Watford, and that comes as no surprise, sitting in last place with one point. This is not the Watford that that we have come to see in the last couple seasons. Of the Prem Scott, right? I agree. I don't think that the uh, it's the same. It's just, it's one point. This is just they haven't I, they haven't lost anybody important. They kept Ducouré, and you know a, a good amount of teams were after him for a forty million price tag, and they were pretty adamant on keeping him because they believed in the future of what they were building, and it's not showing so far. So uh, they are my second team, and Scott, my third team may come as a little. Oh, you got three. Teams. I have three teams, yes, and I think this one's very important, and that is Tottenham. Wow. Okay, I'm listening. Ninth place, five points. They did get a impressive draw against uh, City, a win against Villa, but Scott, they lost to Newcastle. I I, I can't. Yeah, look, no, I I agree. I can't, a loss to Newcastle alone is enough. I can't look past that, especially when Leicester and Palace are in third and fourth respectively, and Tottenham went to the Champions League final last season. They need to be always in that three four spot. Um. I think for Pochettino's sake, ninth place does not look great, and he's under a lot of scrutiny right now. And I know we're only four match weeks in, but Scott, I am a little bit, I'm a little bit worried about Tottenham right now. No, I mean I think that's reasonable to a degree. Um, you know, I will say I think it, it'll help that Jim Bertonian is going to come back on the side, and obviously Christian Eriksen's mind is solely on Spurs right now, so I think they'll get better. But I, I completely see where you're coming from in that Spurs are not where they would want to be right now. Definitely not. Uh Scott, of the four match weeks in so far is that I'm going to go quickly. Palace are in fourth place. Daniel James off to an incredible start at Manchester United. Big surprise is Tammy Abraham. Has he gotten rid of Chelsea's number nine curse? Uh... It's a little too early for me to go all the way up on that. Yeah, yes. no, the answer was always going to be no. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, him and Daniel James, Scott, getting off to a flying start at their respective clubs. Um, happy for both of them. Not really Daniel James, but Tammy. Um, Daniel James is really good, though. Yeah, he is, but he plays for United. So. <laughs> so there's not really much to discuss there. But uh, no, Palace, probably out of those three, it's Palace being in fourth. Yeah, I mean it's got to be Palace being in fourth. I mean they've had they've had an impeccable start, obviously to to not only get you know something out of the United game from like a point standpoint, they legit beat them for the first time in like years and years and years. They so, beat 
they beat Manchester United at Old Trafford for the first time since 1989. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. But my second one, and I think this one, um, I'm kind of with you on Sheffield. I know you were a little bit high on them. I'm even higher on West Ham being where they're at. Just with with all the question marks that surrounded them and their processes. And now, um, even more importantly, like selling Chicharito, who was never like their heaviest hitter, but was always, he's always a threat, right? He's always has the potential to contribute. So, yeah, I would say that I'm with you on, on Palace, but I'd also like to throw West Ham out there just as an ancillary, like maybe keep an eye on what they're doing right now. Do you think this international break will hurt Sebastian Howard's um, last couple weeks of goal scoring? Do you think he's finally found his feet? No, I think he's okay, right? I mean, and, I, and you and I spoke about this a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't remember if it was on or off the pod. But the idea with Howler is it was always going to take him a little bit of time, right? Because West Ham don't play like um, Frankfurt do. He's in a different role. I mean, he had Luka Jovic and Ante Rebic next to him. At West Ham, he has like Manuel Lanzini and Felipe Anderson. So it's a different cast. He's in a different role. They play uh, a separate style tactically. So it's just, for me at least, I think he's okay. Um, is he away on international duty? Do you know? I don't think France is playing. Yeah, see, because that's even bigger then. Um, and, and I just think he'll he'll just need some time. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I will let you go with players to watch. Well, it might just be okay, a player for off, you, but it's players off. for me. Raheem Sterling. Okay. First off, Raheem Sterling, who I think has just been outrageously good. But you cannot say Raheem Sterling and not also say Timu Puki from just a goal production standpoint. Right. So those two I've got my immediate eyes on. I'm still really into Mason Mount. I think he can do some really good things for Chelsea this year creatively. Um, but I kind of want to just like run through a few players who I think are off to a flyer in, in various areas. Daniel James is one to keep your eye on. Sterling, Puki, um, I think Kevin De Bruyne, who's already got five Premier League assists. Yep. Five. Danny Ceballos, okay. who, and Nicolas Pepe, both, really, both deserve a, a set of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit out of left field, but not really due to the fact that we just saw them, Ashley Barnes, okay. who has had a really, really good start for Burnley thus far. I like it. You took my list. Well, the players that were on my list. Sorry. Um, Pookie, Mountain, James were the guys I had written down. Um, you know, Tammy's getting the goals, but Mason Mount is really stringing the passes along as, in that camp position, and he works a lot, it seems like, um, to make things happen, which I like to see from a young player, especially in the role that he's playing. And I'm sure that it helps that he's been at Chelsea for so long and grew up, you know, idolizing Frank, so I'm sure there's an extra incentive um, for that, but... Yeah, I do like the Ceballos shout, shout, Scott. He's really, really impressed in, uh, for Arsenal and been one of their best players for me, obviously besides out, out of the uh, attackers. But yeah, I like I like the list. Um, I just don't like choosing obvious ones, I guess. Like, I'm perfectly okay with you choosing Sterling and De Bruyne because obviously you're going to have your eyes on him. But, you know, I'm going for the outsiders, I, I think. Nah, that's fair, man. But, like, listen, look, Kevin De Bruyne gets two, two total Premier League assists last year. And I know he had all the injury problems and everything. He's at five. Five and five. Five and four. Yeah, five and four. There you go. 
Yeah. Just, just, I don't want anyone to ever forget the influence of Kevin De Bruyne. It kind of makes you wonder whether he would have had more assists than Trent last season. Yeah, I know. I agree. We'll never know because he didn't play, which sucks. So, <sighs> suck it. Uh, uh-huh. We will go end off with most interesting storylines. And, Scott, I have five written down. Okay. I will just run through them and tell me whether you like them or not and what you have to say okay. about them. Okay. Nike and their supposed Liverpool deal. Oh, yeah. I think that's a big storyline. My, my, my mouth is watering. Raheem, I'm listening. Raheem Sterling Jordan brand boot deal. Also listening. Salamane exchange. Uh, I know you're less interested in that, but it's a it's a pretty big deal. It is, but it's not. <laughs> I know. I know they have it figured it is, out, but it's not. I know they have it figured out, but like we have not seen this from Liverpool since they came together. Not from Liverpool, dude. But this is so typical, especially at a high level. Like you're gonna get in disagreements, especially when it comes to your two best goal scorers talking about scoring goals. I know, but I I I, I could look not at, look at look at Sergio Aguero and Pep last year. Yeah, well, I... like we have seen this before. The world's making a big deal out of it because it's a Liverpool and b it's Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. I just couldn't leave it off the list. Nah, that's fair. Uh. Laporte injury out until 2020. And, last but not least, the most interesting storyline, VAR. Always. Have to put it in there. Have to put, I, 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 I almost forgot it was there, so I had just a little Laporte injury as last, and I was like, there has to be something bigger that I'm missing. Yeah, no, I think voila. that's fair, man. So, what do you think of those? I, I, the ones that ca- catch my eye is the Reem Sterling Jordan brand boot deal, because... Everyone, I hope you know this. If uh, Jordan does not make soccer shoes, obviously, uh, Michael Jordan is was a basketball player. Um, really? I think so. Uh, and the Nike-Liverpool deal would be the highest, supposedly highest-paying kit deal in Premier League history. Now, that's what Daddy needs to hear. <laughs> Which means uh, <laughs> some money coming in for signing, some sick kits... Some sick retro stuff, although I really, really, really would have loved to see some Adidas originals. Not for Liverpool, not going to Parker, Parker, what's the most important part of this Nike deal, though? Money. Like, be honest Money. with yourself. And yes, but no, that's not what I'm thinking of. Virgil van Dyke is going to sign a lifetime contract with Liverpool <laughs> FC. <laughs> uh, what if he leaves Nike? What if we can't do it quickly? That's how I feel about that. Because you know, well, you don't know this probably because you're not a boot nerd like me. But he was yeah, wearing. Test my knowledge. Go ahead, test it. He was wearing Copas before he got the Nike deal. Okay, and what does that say? Says he was confused and didn't know who was going to offer him more money. Nah, it says that he finds the Copas comfortable. I'm sure he's played in Copas since he was a kid. He's probably just going back to the roots. All right. Well. Listen, if Adidas was offering me big money, I'd still wear my premieres to train until the contract was signed. Okay, well, you know he doesn't wear Copas right now, right? I do. Okay. What does he wear? What are the pros here? I, th- I don't know. He probably wears, like, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace? I think the yeah, one you were going for is Phantom Vision. No, Danny Phantom is who I was thinking oh, of. Phantom, uh, Phantom Venoms? 
Yeah. Okay, no. Uh, that's Sterling. Uh, Virgil van Dyke oh. wears Tiempos. He has a Nike deal. Um, so He would also <laughs> probably sign a Nike lifetime contract. I'm not sure he, they would offer it to him, though, because the only known Nike lifetime contract I know of is Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> so, of course it is. Not sure he's quite there yet, but it uh, probably could be. Not yet. I mean, not quite. The only lifetime contracts I know of is Messi and Ronaldo for Adidas and Nike, respectively. So, like, yeah. Anyway, um, obviously VAR is big. It's talked about every game, you know, whether it's used or not. So, I don't, I, I have nothing to say on it. It's just it is what it is, and we have to get through it until they make changes next season. It exists. We know it exists, and now we need to move past it. Yeah, I'm pretty much there. I mean, listen, I think I'm I'm all down for a VAR conversation. Not right now. No. Not right now. Let's have a VAR conversation about March. Let's talk about whether it needs to be in the Premier League, whether we should keep it for just major knockout tournaments, whether we should keep it for cup competitions only. We can have that conversation. Not right now. I want to ask through it. I do want to ask you one question real quick about it. Okay. Um, do you think the the Premier League felt pressured to get it into the league? Um, I don't know if I think the answer, the easy answer there is yes. Pressure from whom specifically, I don't think we can answer. I'm just but saying yeah, every I think, other... I think the answer is obvious, mm-hmm. that they definitely felt pressure, whether it's from FIBA or from fans or from club owners. Like I think that they were obviously a little... Uh, they were coaxed into making this happen when they made it happen. I mean, a good amount of other big leagues has VAR, so... Yeah. Yep. That would be my only, you know, push to it being, like, you know, pressured into getting it in, but... Um, but, yeah. Uh, what storylines do you have other than the ones that were on my list? I think there's still, obviously, and this is going to be a season-long thing, but plenty to talk about with Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Um, whether Frank is the right person for the job, whether this step came too soon, all that jazz, I feel like we're always going to be able to talk about. Um, big signings in the Premier League. Big names, new names, mainly. Will Arsenal be able to continue... To be to start all three of their their front, um, I guess powerhouses: Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Nicolas Pepe. I think that's worth paying attention to. Um, we have a total of zero promoted teams in the relegation zone through the first four games, opening four games, obviously. So that doesn't really do us many favors. I'm going to stop you. I'm uh, well, stop excuse you. me. No, Norwich. Obviously, Norwich is there, but they shouldn't be. So uh, and Villa. Villa's not in a relegation spot. They are in 18th. Oh, they're in 18th? I thought they were 17th. All right, so that that changes that. So you're going to go back and delete everything I just said on that. And then, um, honestly, I still think it's it's plenty worth talking about Watford. I mean, no Troy Deeney. He's had to rehab from the injury. He's taken a little longer than expected to come back. But that team is a team. I like Javi Gracia. I think Watford fans like Javi Gracia. Mm-hmm. If Javi Gracia's team doesn't start winning games, there won't be Javi Gracia anymore. It's it's really infuriating that his name's not Javi Garcia, though. Huh? It's really infuriating that his name's not Javi Garcia. Dude, I think he's just lying to people. I think someone said Javi Gracia like his first day, and he was like, sure, that's my name now. It just it hurts my eyes seeing that. It hurts my eyes. It hurts my ears to hear him say it. Gracias. Yeah, it just sounds like gracias, but no. There's been no thank yous uh, from Watford fans to their players because they have not played well. Um, Any other things, Scott, you can think of? I think this was a 
good little episode, knowing that there is not much to talk about from, you know, teams playing, at least. I mean, I'm not going to watch a single one of these international window games. Not a single one. What? I will pay attention to whether or not Virgil van Dijk or Ginny Wijnaldum scores. I will pay attention to the Liverpool guys and whether or not there are any injuries. I could not care less outside of one. Dosa Cero. USA Mexico. Nice. Hard for hard for any American with a real brain and heart to not at least watch. Did you see what Pulisic said when he was asked if he's better than uh, Irving Lozano? Chucky. Yeah, I did. Not gonna, he's not, dude. He's not taking that bait. Pulisic has that kid has been baited into more questions than probably any walking soccer player on the face of the earth over the last six months. I'm not gonna give you an Ebra answer. Good no, stuff. He's not gonna do that. Good stuff. I like it. Um. If you are interested in watching some uh, some soccer today, obviously, like Scott mentioned, USA Mexico tonight, um, Brazil Colombia tonight as well at the same uh, time. Uh, hey, how did Argentina Chile do last night? Do you have any knowledge on that? I don't, but I can look it up for you real quick. Uh, other matches: Germany and Netherlands. Obviously, that's a that's a pretty big matchup. Um, and then Scotland Russia is pretty much the only ones that you should keep your eye on. And for Scott's uh, sanity, we will check real quick to see uh, Argentina, Chile, nil, nil. Okay, that sounds about right. I think I went to bed. No messy, so obviously. Um, My final question for you is, if you're Jimmy Wynaldum and you go shake Emre Chan's hand pre-match, do you say anything? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything. I'd say, Emre, great to see you. Emre knows. Oh, man. Well, just, I Listen, think... I don't, I don't have a beef with Emery either. I Emery think he, left when he needed to leave. He wanted a new challenge. He wanted to go take on... Obviously, he got paid a decent amount of money to go do it, but I have no hard feelings against Emery Chan at all. No, I, I don't. still think that gives me every right in the world to laugh at him. Yeah. But um, I have no ill will towards that guy. It makes you feel better that you can laugh at him because you don't have any hard feelings toward him. Like, if you had hard feelings... And we literally like, have, like, a top five number six in the world, and he can't get a game for Juventus, so... Yeah, I mean, like, I was... I, I think the only thing I would say if I were... If I was Ginny Wijnaldum would be, it's okay, don't feel bad, you wouldn't make it if you were in Liverpool's squad anyway. Yeah, that's probably the truth. So, I don't think he needs to be reminded of that. No, no, it's it's a it's a good outlook on things because if he was still here, he'd be like making less money and still not being in Champions League. At least at Juve, he's making like four hundred a week and you know relaxing when they're not playing Champions League. So like, I mean, would you play Emre Can over James Milner? No, me neither. All right, cool. We've I, said enough today. I, I wouldn't play. I would not play him over. If Nabi Keita stepped on the field in joggers, I would still play Nabi Keita. I, oh, absolutely, dude. I would take half-legged Nabi. Oh, yeah, that's he what I'm saying. literally half a leg, and I would still prefer Nabi. He's yep. so good. Yep. All right. Um, sorry, Emre. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you have any thoughts on what we said in this jumbled episode 191, please let us know. Twitter links will be down below in the description. Like, subscribe, of course, and we will be back next week for another episode in the beginning of the week not sure what it's going to be but we will uh we will fill you in and then prim's back next weekend uh enjoy your weekend and we'll see you back next week